Welcome to the bonus episode with Amy Woods. If you are tuning in and you haven't listened to the main episode with Amy, go over and hear her full story. It is powerful. We've got homelessness. We've got alcoholism. We've got redemption. We've got all the stories you would expect when you meet someone that is a 6'2 and has <laughs> lived, has been kicked off the roof. And if you don't know what that means, you can check out alprofessionalcoaching.com and go to the human design tab to learn a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So a 6-2 and a 5-1 can change the world together, as Ra says. Yes. <laughs> and the 6-2 can also shatter my reputation. Because people look to you as the source of wisdom. People will automatically see you as wise. Uh, interesting. And what makes me so wise? Like, how do people see that? You're born wise as a six line. And the six line lives that three-part life process. So I'm curious, what was the big thing that happened for you at 30? Ooh, at 30. Um, how many years ago was that? <laughs> Actually, that is when I was in real estate. And I within a year and a half, I had grossed a million dollars in commissions and cash and investments and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the bubble popped and it taught me a lot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that is a big year for you at 30. I talked to someone this last week who um, pandemic uh, hit two weeks after her 30th birthday. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty big too. Yeah. yeah. So people will see you as wise because you're born with the wisdom. Even as a child, perhaps you were born able to parent yourself. You might've been the wise one, uh, but you don't really come into that full wisdom until you turn 30. And the sixth gotcha. line is on the roof. And so you essentially get kicked off the roof um, and, or you go back up on the roof, like you have a, a back and forth of the roof. So you spend this three-part life process, like the third line. Um, but unlike the third line, you're just spending that first 30 years tinkering. And so I imagine that you had a lot of trial and error in your first 30 years as well, leading up to that big real estate bubble. I did. Um, my work history actually is very eclectic. Um, up until then, um, I've done blueprinting for U.S. steel plants. I've done dancing, <laughs> adult dancing. <laughs> um, I've done bartending. I've done, um, I worked in manufacturing and production, and I've also worked in medical. Um, so I have a very eclectic history up until real estate. And once I you know, got out of that, it really just focused on the medical side. And then um, I was a stay-at-home mom too. So that, you know, my focus was with my kids. And then we, you know, things kind of, I got kicked off the roof, <laughs> so to speak. And I, you know, dove into this. So, and I can't see myself leaving this. So, yeah, I totally get it. Mm, yeah. And you haven't turned 50 yet. So you have a big, something big that's going to be coming for you as well. Um, so yeah, so you're, I think I said that backwards, I think you're on the roof and then you get kicked off at 50 to go share all that wisdom, but you're sitting up there and you sort of sit above us. That's why we see you as wise. 
And we, Ah. yeah, you're very trustworthy. You just have this great aura that says, I've been there. I've done that. Mm -hmm. Let me share some of my wisdom for you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I've done just everything. (laughs) Yeah. And what's so interesting (laughs) about your chart is you only have two centers defined. You have your sacral and your, and your G center, as you had said, when we first met and you have this very strong channel that is the channel 515. It's the channel of rhythms. It's the channel of extreme rhythms. People may look at your rhythms as being a bit extreme. See that I do um, do everything to the fullest. <laughs> Fail big and then I come back big also. Yeah. And your yeah. personality, what's even more fun is your personality sun is the fifteen. Uh, And so that 15 is, you know, it's honoring the flow of diversity. You uh, honor your own extreme rhythms and so that you can recognize and honor them in others. When we talk about diversity in the United States, we're often talking about our avatars. We're talking about our backgrounds of our avatars versus looking at the energetic systems. And so you, I have just half this channel, but I live with someone with this channel. My dad has this channel. My best friend from high school has this channel. Obviously there's something energetically that is drawing me to complete the other half of this channel. And you have the 15 year personality. I have it in my uh, node, which is where I move, you move into your um, South node. Is it South node or North node that you move into? Uh, it's the North node that you move into after 40. And so I, um, if you ever go to a party for people listening that have been to any party I've ever hosted, you might look around the room and be like, what the hell do these people have in common? And it's just me. (laughs) That's it. Um, (laughs) it's this, uh, we just have this ability to, uh, we have our own extremes and we honor them. And so they don't, they aren't weird to us to see them in others. We see that beauty, right. diversity in others. Huh. That's interesting. So what does node mean? Yeah. So the moon has nodes. There's a north and a south. And so the south node is your past. It's where you've been. And then the north node is where you're headed. It's the future direction. And then our environment is also impacted and shaped. I'm a kitchen's environment. I like to be right by that hub. That's where I'm most creative. So I can live in the middle of nowhere, but if down, but down that dirt road, I would need like a coffee shop that people go to because I need, I like to be close to a a hub of of some sort uh, in my environment. And, um, and it, for me, when I look back at my, even my childhood, I always sat at the kitchen table to do my homework. I've always had a desk in my bedroom. I don't think I've ever, ever really sat at it. It's been the place where things go to be set, but it's never really been a place (laughs) that I can focus. And my office now is right off the kitchen. And that actually feels really good for me. Uh, and I have a little bistro table in the corner where I can even see the kitchen and that really, um, and that was before I understood that this was my note and this was my environment. This is just all, you know, Katie being Katie and then seeing it in her chart and being like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's why, um, Katie is like that. (laughs) That's interesting. Now I'm thinking about how and where I sit in my house when I'm more the most productive. I'll have to look and see what your environment is. So there's six different environments depending on your 
uh, how the expression of your nodes and um, see, I'm a first line. And so you have a first line conscious. So you could be a kitchens. I'd have to look. Those are not the ones I have memorized yet. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Um, that 15 though, your, your personality, it's the storm of love is one of the archetypes it's been called. Um, it's really just about honoring your unique rhythm and flow, being in tune with nature and, mm. um, trusting your strategy because sometimes we can feel a little unreliable. Sometimes the energy wanes and we just don't, um, or on the other side, we may force ourselves to do something that's um, because that's what society says, right? We don't really right. uh, value this idea of starting something and not completing it. Somehow that has become a moral failing to not complete something, which is hard for those manifesting generators. <laughs> yeah. And then what? Yeah. yeah, you have you've got a lot of um, fun G center um, activation. You know, what grounds you is also in your G center. It's the gate 10. It's the self-empowered love. It's loving yourself and um, it's really what grounds you. And then what I love about your unconscious, the design, as we call it in human design, which is the body, um, it's okay. the same personality as mine in my conscious. So uh, you have the 17 there, which is, um, you know, we're pattern interrupters, 17, 18, we're abundance provokers. Uh, yeah. 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 And those two <laughs> And those two come with some really tough shadows, the shadow of opinion and the shadow of judgment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I can see that. Um, it's interesting. I know we had talked about this before, about that napkin that I wrote down, a program that I wanted to put out. And it was just a high, I mean, not just, it was a high level um, mentorship and I had nothing developed, nothing even thought of. I just wrote down high-level mentorship, $25,000. And at that point in my business, I hadn't earned anything in my business, maybe a couple hundred dollars um, here and there. And, you know, I had failed, I had eight failed launches and I went, I wrote the thing, laid it on my desk and I went running around and I ran into a store and I asked the guy because he's kind of an acquaintance of mine asked him how he was doing and he's like it's bad <laughs> and by the end of the day we he signed up with me for twenty five thousand dollars mm -hmm. and I, it's amazing to me but then I'm like sitting there oh gosh what are people gonna think and you know is this you know, going to work. And it was based on all the judgments and opinions in my life of you don't know what you're doing, you're lost and stuff like that, that had come through a little bit. So not only did I manifest that or generate that, but I also, it also helped me bring up things that I didn't know I needed to work on. So I thought that was really interesting how that all played out. Yeah. We tend, you know, the judgments off, oftentimes are internal. They're towards ourselves. Um, and we can externalize them as well. When we're externalizing them, oftentimes that's where we need to really tune in because we have such a gift of integrity, which is mm. just truth. And yeah. we understand. Yeah. And so we're listening for truth. We're feeling truth. And uh, I've taken some coaching programs where we're trying to quiet the judge. Don't listen to the judge, ignore the judge, kick the judge out, punch the judge in the head. 
And that one's a hard one because there is that really fine line between judgment and truth. Sometimes. Yes, yes. And sometimes, and particularly for people who are told that they're too opinionated, this has made my whole life and too many judgments, um, where we don't want to do that. I was so concerned with making sure that I wasn't judging others, that I wasn't even using my gifts. So I was ignoring the truth of who people were. Ah, yeah, I like that. I'll have to think back now and sit with that one because I am all about, I mean, I'm truly all about truthfulness i don't even care if i don't like what the truth is if it's the truth you know so to be truthful with myself i have to sit with that one and really look at how i can use that judgment piece in a positive way because we're taught so much that judgment's wrong right but it's really kind of biological that we do um (laughs) And, you know, there's, uh, I have even like to pull out facts. I think there's facts and then there's still truth and you don't have to share facts to even get underneath, to share a truth with someone. And in coaching, whenever I I know I've always hit the nail on the head in truth, when someone laughs, because that is the soul's way of saying, yeah, that's accurate. (laughs) Right. We have, there's this laughter that almost is allows us to, to really connect with truth. The truth is that was really funny and the truth will set you free. There's all kinds of really great things with truth. And above that integrity and your purpose here in relationships is perfection. So I imagine that, you know, you can also run into those perfection traps sometimes with the shadow of judgment and how, how imperfect of you to write an idea on a napkin and then go pitch it. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Feels very extreme <laughs> rhythm, right? And it's a very yeah. extreme rhythm to suggest that I have not made any sales and I am a high ticket person still. And it's yeah interesting yeah. that thing you wrote down because I have my whiteboard behind me that I write things down. And the phrase that I had written down for myself was limited edition. Ah, I like that. Yeah. It's like as someone that likes to read books, we all know that those limited edition books are far more valuable. Uh, the minute you print more, the minute you make more, they're not nearly as valuable. And so remember right. that um, the 17 is also one of the seven sacred seals of the world. Just a fun little fact there. And um, well, it sounds very mystical. It is this whole, a lot of this stuff gets into the mystics, but the 17 uh, is able to help heal the second line. And the second line wound is denial. And can I just tell you, this is why I love laughter because nothing says, all right, I'm ready to stop denying the truth than laughter. And when you go listen to our main episode, you're going to hear an incredible story of Amy healing her own denial. And, <laughs> and you're going to, and also you know, our greatest, our, our biggest wound becomes our, our also our greatest gift. And your, yes. your greatest wound is the sixth line, which is the wound of separation. Wow. Yeah. That's right on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, because even with that 40, the age of 40 that you were talking about, um, and stepping into what my life purpose is supposed to be, that's when a great separation happened for me. 
Um, and it was separation from my ex-husband and the controlling behaviors and realizing my truth and denial of how I allowed it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and separation from my kids and, you know, it really just made me have to reevaluate my entire being and what I was allowing to happen in my life. Mm. Well, you're, what you stepped into was something called a prepared vision and perseverance, intuitively knowing which dreams to pursue. Perhaps the alcohol bottle wasn't the one that you intuitively knew, but it led you right to where you were meant to be. Again, you've got to listen to this story over on our main podcast. And um, that wound of separation is something that you've probably felt ever since you were separated from the womb, so to speak. Uh, the sixth yes. line is always looking towards the future. And so this is a newer wound of humanity. You know, I look at this line very similar. The, the first line is the first wound of humanity, which was repression is the wound there. But separation, I think of Garden of Eden, <laughs> uh, right? I think of that separation that we feel where somehow we're separated from source. In fact, we've even... Okay built whole religions that accidentally separate us from source because we're going outside yeah. to talk to source versus going back in. Um, and that the, how you heal that wound is through care, uh, through self-care. What's so fascinating about your profile is um, this will be a deep theme for you, self-care and only you mm, yeah. heal the wound. So while we have people with these magical superpowers that can heal some of these other ones, you know, you are really here to uh, heal yourself and to give yourself the care that you needed, which is what is your story is about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel it goes back to um, the healing of, you know, my shadow, you know, with the shadow work and stuff like that, that I've been doing a lot of in the last few years so that goes right with it it's I love this stuff because it's like somebody's just sitting there reading your whole life mm -hmm. and looking at you from the inside out and it, it's fascinating to me yeah it, it, it really had someone this week or last week that said I don't even remember what I had said to her it was something very felt very insignificant and she looked at me and she goes oh, I've never felt so seen in my entire life yeah, and, uh, and that is how I felt as well. First coming to human design, um, you know, your open centers, there's nine centers total and you only have two filled in. Yeah. What does that mean? So that means that you are taking in conditioning in seven of your centers. Uh, so if you think of definition, like a pen, this was written in stone the day you were born. And then all these open centers are where people came along with their pencils and they started to fill you in. And you okay. have this wide open head. So these are the people that get the downloads from the universe that hear the voices, mm. the wide open heads. But it also means that you walk in a room and can swim in other people's ideas. Yeah. Yeah. 70% yeah. <laughs> uh, of people have open heads. This is where we sell people. We sell them inspiration. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I for for those sales folks, I'm in the 30% of the population that has a defined head. You can't sell me your ideas or inspiration. I have it. So really, you can't sell someone something that they already have access to. Right. In marketing, I live with a marketer who has a degree in that. 
And you can't create demand. You can only exploit demand that's already there. And if you think of, a lot of sense. if you think of Apple, right? Simon Sinek always talks about people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. That's where you're, we're talking about open centers. So you can sell inspiration. You can sell ways to, to process that information and, and to get better at understanding things. You can sell yeah. uh, about 30, you have an open throat, 30% of us fall into this category. So this is where it might get a little, you know, we can, we can sell people on communication, right? We can actually yeah. sell the defined people on communication. I think a lot, even just as easy, um, but people with defined throat, how they speak is how they speak. They're not going to be able to adjust that. Perhaps we inspire them to change it. So again, we're selling them the inspiration, but we really, they're not signing up for an improv class. They're not signing up for a Toastmasters. Those are the 30% of us like you and me with the open throat where we're just not as consistent. And so, okay. perhaps, right. So if you're signing up for Toastmasters and you have a defined throat, you're probably getting sold on some, on some uh, ideas. You're probably getting sold on this area of how do we process this information? You have an open ego center. This is the number one place we get sold having to prove something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 68% of us have nothing to prove. Free will means we have the freedom to have no will. (laughs) Right? I don't, this is why diets fail. Um, This is why I have to have, Dan has to have his snacks hidden in a closet because I will just eat his snacks because I don't have willpower. And before I moved in with him, I just didn't buy said snacks. It was much easier for me. And yeah. I have, so I can have the willpower in a grocery store, right? It's not that we don't have any willpower. I have temporary willpower, um, but to, to expect me to have it be consistent all the time, that means mm-hmm. I'm trying to be like everyone that has it filled in right there. Those folks should own co-working spaces or should sit next to us so we can borrow their energy when we need it. And then we can also remember that we don't identify with it. Emotional center is open for you. So you can get sold on emotions because they're not yours. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, you know, we talk, we'll talk, we talk about this in the main episode, the emotional storytelling and how you're this really fabulous at teaching people how to sell emotionally. You're, you're selling to the 50% of people that have these open emotion centers. You've also Mm -hmm. got a wide open route. So it's fascinating is that both of your pressure centers are wide open. So pressure to know and pressure to do and wide open is means that you're here to be wise about these energy centers. Uh, Yeah. You just like totally read me. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, I have the wide open solar plexus, so I can only speak to it from that lens of being wise about emotions and the solar plexus is also evolving again in 2027. So it's really the seat of consciousness for us. And yeah. your wisdom, you know, the downloads that you can get from the universe and from the earth, you're get able to get both because you're so wide open. Yeah. Um, the way he kind of talks about it is people that are defined with like some hanging, you know, those are people that have earned their PhD in another lifetime. People that are open gotcha. with those hanging gates. Those are people with potential to earn their PhD in this lifetime. And then people that are wide open, it's like you've transcended. You don't need the PhD, Mm. you've burned it to the ground. And here you are, you're a walking, you know, PhD for other people, because in those centers, you're always going to take in those energies. 
I get that. Yeah. Mm, I have both of those signs. So you're filled in right now. You're lit up like a Christmas tree when we're together. Yeah. Yeah. I love being in your energy. <laughs> and then yeah. you have the open spleen and the open spleen are where the, all the fears live. So you oh. walk in the room. And, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you have a lot of hanging gates coming off of there with a lot of design and personality um, energy, which means you'll be conscious and unconscious to that. And um yeah, that's where your 18 lives, which yeah, is in your unconscious uh, earth. It what grounds you. That's the uh, integrity and the perfection. So you may not, you have about 70% less access to being aware of it when you're in an open center okay. yeah, because it comes and goes in that open center access. But you, these people that don't do well with pharmaceuticals, if you're listening, you have an open spleen, please don't take the pharmaceutical drugs. They're so rough on your body against taking medicine yeah <laughs> yeah um and my I, body don't do well with it either so that's that's it, interesting yeah it won't um and the open spleen people um you know really when they're really in tune they can start to even smell sickness they can they are in tune to when people who are healthy and people who are not healthy yeah and perhaps you unknowingly work your way to the people that aren't healthy um, as well, right? <laughs> I do. What happens, right, is when we get conditioned there is, and you've got these default channels. So you'll default into those areas where your wide open spaces, we don't have anything to default us to. We don't have like anything to anchor in as ourselves. So it's much easier to swim. Living with two emotional parents, I swam through their emotions and I didn't know that I was swimming through them. So I was always told I was the emotional one. Funny enough, yes. I was the one in the family that wasn't emotional. And that's what happens to people with open centers or even open solar plexuses like yourself in general, where, um, and what's fun about ours is I have the hanging 39 from my root and you have the hanging 55 from your emotional center. When they connect, they create an emotional channel. So we feel, So we have this nice quantum channel between the two of us there. Uh, that completes us in that way. So interesting. Yeah. I've always been told I'm dramatic with my emotions because when I do feel, I feel big, you know, and it's either like, if I love you, I love you big. And, you know, if I meet you and you're in my world, then I love you, <laughs> you know. So your default um, emotion yeah. that you will come to is the abundance okay abundance yeah. of money abundance of love right these are these are the things that you've just talked about your rhythm of extreme of i'll have i have yep. no money so i'll just ask for 25k <laughs> <laughs> it's the um it's the love of and it's just limiting beliefs are the only thing that can affect your abundance there and mm. people like us with that are open there we will have big emotions because we don't have them happening every time every day so the way right. we will experience them and express them will feel very big to us because normally we're not swimming in them. Where um, huh? people that are emotional, I know that when I ask them, do you wake up different every day? And they're like, yeah, sometimes I wake up sad. Sometimes I wake up happy. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't. <laughs> I wake up the yeah. exact same way every single day. And I hmm. sleep next to someone that's also an open solar plexus. So I'm both of us wake up the exact same way every day, like to a T, like the Truman show. It's like literally the exact same. 
and you'll know when you're being impacted. And so the emotions, I'm much better now that I know this information on it because, well, I'm wide open. So I'm writing people's emotions. It doesn't mean that we don't feel it just, it, it looks a little different for us. It has, something has to happen for us to bump into for those emotions. We can, I have the defined route so I can be the calm lake and the storm for people. <laughs> well, you may be just trying to get things off your list because you're feeling the pressure there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the per- yeah. I'm not the person that you call for the warm and fuzzies and it's not because I'm a cold, terrible human. This is just when I read this in my design, it made me feel so much better. I'm the person you call when you need something practical and your yes. life falling apart. Those are the open, we're, we're amplifiers of emotions for others. So we can bring, speak words to what people are feeling that perhaps they can't find themselves because they're just used to feeling those emotions. Interesting. Cause I know when I'm with my clients, which I don't know their human design. I'm not even going to pretend like I understand it fully to even jump into it. Um, but a lot of my clients, like if we do like a one-on-one or something, like right after they like create big moves and big results every single time. And I find that interesting because it's all I do is I, I don't give them a strategy or nothing. I reflect who they are to them. Like, why are you doing it this way when you should be doing this? And you would feel better about it. And they're like, oh, I never thought of that. And they'll go out and do it. And lo and behold, it's it works. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll have to look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's great for your wide yeah. open head as well, is that you are there then to just pull the ideas from the space that's happening. And then, and then package them in a way for the people that make sense. 70% of people are going to need support there. And the uh, open route for you, you're not going to have pressure and like you're wide open. You may feel the pressure to do things, but you're here to be wise about the pressure to do things. So you don't, you're, um, and if you're filling people in their G center, you know, where, what I see a lot of in the way you sell is you're selling to open G centers and yeah. G is identity, it's direction, it's purpose. And yours has that beautiful 15, five channel. So when people are in your presence, if they're open G centers, they're going to, they're going to get access to your purpose and identity. They're going to feel it. Ah, yeah. Okay. So one yeah. plus one, when two humans walk in the room equals three, because we create this quantum person among us energetically. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> mm, so much fun chatting with you today. We're a, our uh, relationship would be a six and three better to be free. If you look at filling in the spaces, which is what Dan and I have. Um, and, but quantum wise, you know, we create you, um, we do light each other up in that emotional center with the way that we connect there and in our ego center, you have, um, the 45 from your throat and I have the 21. So we light each other up in our throats and we light each other up in our, in our will centers. And, um, of course I fill in your head and I fill in your Aja, so when you look at the quantum lighting up that we have together, you know, we're like almost a nine and O relationship there. We are a nine and O relationship there where nine and O nowhere to go. We have a great relationship one-on-one um, because we're filling yeah. in in those. Yeah. And then in, in group settings, perhaps we'll like be free, <laughs> but in the, in when we're to, uh, and the nine and O is an interesting one for me, understanding that 
I have some friends where I'm like, I don't really care for that friend in a group, but I really love hanging out with that person one-on-one. Uh, that yeah. would be probably a, a great example of a, a true nine and oh, where energe- it's not a quantum energy that we're filling in. It's just a full on, this is what our energies are. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why we talk a lot whenever we're a one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you are made it to the end of the bonus episode, congratulations, you can head over for more content from us on Amy's main episode. And Amy, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me on Facebook at um, Amy Woods Business Coaching um, as my main profile, or they can find me inside my group, Rising Female Coaches and Course Creators. All right. Thank you so much for joining us in the bonus episode 6251. We are changing the world together and uh, specifically the Knoxville Fem City world together and looking forward to more of it.